Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Can you hear the kids outside my window? No, I can't because I can only hear the kids outside my door. But unlike you, the kids outside my door are my own problem. And you can just be annoyed at those other kids because they're not yours. That's true. I'm separated by my house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to talk about kids today? Let's do it. Okay. Um, this is a topic that I think causes some consternation in the and widow world. Strife. Strife. Yeah. Because there's the camp of widows with kids and there's the camp of kidless widows. Yeah. And we're in opposite camps, so we can talk about talk about that. Um, do you feel like kidless widows don't get taken as seriously? Yes. Discussion over. Boom. Go home. Oh, you are home. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah. I think that oftentimes we immediately assume that if you don't have kids, then your life is easier. Yeah. People say that yeah. when my husband died, people would say, well, at least you don't have kids. Mm -hmm. It's true. We did not have kids, but there's a, a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. But 
what does the at least part have to do with anything? That's what, I mean, I was, I was trying to weigh my own situation anyway at the time. And I was thinking, man, if he had left me with a kid, we were not married very long, almost two years. If he had left me with a newborn or something or a very young child at that stage, I was going to be so mad. That's what I thought. I was like, well, I'm glad that I don't have to take care of the physical and emotional needs and the practical part of that because I'm spent. I was recovering from a car accident, which was hard enough. And then he died. So yeah, in some ways, I'm grateful that I don't have to deal with that. On the other hand, people have said that they have just wanted to have a piece of their person with them. And I don't have that. And because it was taken away from me before we got to that point, I had no choice. So I don't appreciate it when people say things like that to me because it's different for everybody. They're being so loud out there. Here's another thing. Yours or these? I don't know. I can't. Mine. We're both surrounded by kids. We're surrounded. Here's another thing that I've thought of. Um, So when your husband died, your entire family died. Okay. That sounds bad. Because yes, you have parents. Yes, you have in-laws. Yes, you have siblings. But your nuclear, your nuclear, your nuclear family died. Basically, Mm-hmm. Everybody that was living in the house besides me died. So that's got to before. be that's got to be a shock and overwhelming to think that your entire base of love, I don't know what to call it, is just gone and you don't have anything to fall back on. You don't have your kids to fall back on. Yeah, I I like that you made a correlation between the kind of the bottom the support being taken away. And it's true. I felt like the bottom of my life was just. Yeah. And there was nothing. I had nothing steady because I mean, nobody likes to be alone in an empty house. Yeah. I imagine planning on it. I imagine it's lonely to have nobody. Yeah. You're alone with your thoughts. That's terrible. And you move back in with your parents and people might think, well, you've got them, but nobody when you're 38 years old wants to talk to your parents about stuff. You know, one thing that I remember is it was almost like immediately after people said, oh, well, at least you don't have kids. They said, well, what are you going to do? Move back in with your parents? As if I were not a self-sufficient human. I was 35. When this happened. And what happened? You moved back in with your parents. I did, but I tried not to. (laughs) We were renting a house. And so the lease was up and I actually had to move six months after he died. But I tried to see if I could manage it on my own and maybe get another place. And just with the extent of my injuries and in my recovery and just in the mountain of grief I was in, it was not feasible. So yeah, yeah, it's a good situation for right now, but it's also annoying. Yeah, for sure. Parents. When they're in their almost 40. No offense, mom and dad. Yeah. You know um, what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that there are definitely different challenges between a widowed parent and a kidless widow. And the challenges that I face are that I'm trying to manage four humans' grief at the same time that I'm trying to manage my own decimation. You know, like... I feel like 
all of my insides were scooped out and set on fire. And then I'm also supposed to keep the memory of my husband alive, help my kids to remember him, help them when they're struggling. And that's on top of just being a normal mom, which is so hard because kids are sort of the devil a lot of the time. And you're supposed to self-care somehow. Yeah. You're supposed to do all of these things and go to PTA meetings and put them in soccer and take them to therapy and feed them. How dare they? How dare they? But on the flip side, I've heard from a lot of kidless widows too that they don't have the same, I don't want to say like motivation because then it makes it sound like they're being lazy But because there's not the same requirements of them, it's hard, you know, like, why do I need to get out of bed? I don't need to feed anybody. And it's like, I can't stay in bed. So in a way, I'm forced to keep going and not stay in one place. I think that's what it is. We're not forced to get out of bed to care for other little humans. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough because it's crappy either way. Yeah. And I just think it's different. It's a different crap. Yeah. You know, it's not comparable, but it also doesn't mean that it diminishes the pain that the other camp is going through. You know, I think about also physical touch that you don't have anybody because I don't think you want to snuggle with your dad, right? You know? <laughs> Sorry. Oh gosh, but, you know, I have little, I have little kids and even... Even them just coming up and or being able to hug them or being able to like rub their backs or hold their hands gives you that physical connection that you have lost entirely. There's nobody, even though like most of the time I'm like, don't touch me, just leave me alone. But sometimes I do. I do want to feel a warm body or a physical connection and somebody that shows me love back. I actually got a big dog for that reason Yeah, because I needed something that could lay against me. But Anita, when we've hung out sometimes, I mean, you have a life of chaos. Mm -hmm. It's true. And you have four high energy kids. Correct. And so sometimes going from my living situation where it's my parents are in the retirement age and it's Mm -hmm. like, and your dad's an accountant. My dad's an accountant. And then I go over to your house. It's like very different home life. Mm-hmm. And and at first, after I get past the shock of like, like, oh yeah, this is like what high energy kids are like, it does totally change the energy. And I can see that it in some ways like it requires you to just be swept up in momentum mm-hmm. because they're going and you have that continually going. And yeah. and also sometimes I can see like, oh man. If I had that, like, I feel like I would be more on top of things mm-hmm. and maybe, I mean, I, maybe I'm, I don't know. It's so hard to say because you, you never know until you're in there, but just the fact that it would require you to physically keep moving and like get the kid from here to there, or go to the fridge and make them food and put it there. Like you would have to be doing something. And, and my situation, I'm like, oh, I have to eat again. I don't even care. Oh, I don't have to make it for anyone else. My dogs aren't going to eat the same food as me. So like I end up not eating. So yeah. that's one thing that I've noticed where we're different is you kind of are better about those things than I am. Well, and kind of on the flip side of that, when you say that you get swept up in them and their needs, it also means that you lose your ability 
to be introspective and to be with your own thoughts and to take care of your own needs because it's like all of their needs. They're like, mom, 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 you know? And it's like, sometimes I just need to have to be able to just think about me and, or not even me, but what I need and my grieving and my healing and those types of things. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like all of this is like, you're saying it's nice to not have a kid that you have to be responsible for, but on the flip side, it would be nice to have a piece of Scott. Yeah. And a reason to do things. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then my mom wouldn't be sad that she's not a grandma. Like it would. I keep so offering long. to give her a grandchild. And I even one came to visit you one day. It's true. I think she needs some more energy to keep up with them, but I will keep seeing if she will adopt them. The thing yeah. is that she just doesn't even know what she wants. If she wants to be a grandma, like that's part of it. Yeah. Crazy grandkids. Yeah, that's true. You know, what's funny. We what? we're both widows. We're both the same ish age, mm -hmm. but some of the things that are helpful in one person's situation are not that way in the other person's situation. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, those photos where you invert the colors. Yeah. We're kind of like that of each other. Who was that artist that did all of those like pop? Um, Andy Warhol. Yes. We're like an Andy Warhol painting with opposite. Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting too, Anita, is I notice, and you and I have gotten messages through our podcast from time to time from widows. Um, and I've gotten some personal ones too, where the widows that do not have kids are fearful of speaking up because they feel like they are not as valid because they see yeah. the struggles that the moms have. And they're like, well, I don't have that much to manage of that capacity. So who am I to say, oh, I'm sad today. And yeah. it makes me sad. And for a while, like I felt like that too. And then I thought, wait a second, I have a podcast. Like <laughs> I, I can be the I voice for us. Like here, yeah. Just talking to those widows um, has helped validate me, of course, but also helped me know that it is a big thing. And I haven't met any like jerk widowed moms that are like, no, you're not valid because you don't have kids. But we put that on ourselves. I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> I've seen in other groups um, where people yeah. have kind of called others out. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? I was, when you were talking, I was thinking about the idea of you have pain of omission because you're missing something that maybe you did or didn't want to have, or you're lonely. And we have the pain of commission. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about sins. I know. <laughs> we're going to feel like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I have the things here that I'm dealing with and that's, that's the pain or that's the difficulty. And you have the things that you're, that you don't have and you mourn what was taken from you and the loneliness and the not having that momentum that's brought with small people. Yeah. And the love. So and mourning what was never to be yeah. and right. what will not be. Now that does not mean that I cannot find joy in my life it's still hard and I will always be a widow no matter what my situation ends up being later. But I, I like it when, when people don't just negate us kidless widows and where we're seen as valid. I think sometimes they're just like, Oh, well you can just go get married again 
and yeah. then you can have a family. Someone said that to me right after Scott died. Like, oh, well, how old are you? 35. Oh, well, there's still time for you to have kids. And it's like, and the person thought that that was okay for them to say because they were divorced. And so they got it. Let me tell you, I am divorced. I was married before I met Scott. And then I've been widowed and they are nothing alike. So maybe don't use yeah. that comparison. Well, and and even to be a little bit more, not specific, but some people don't have the desire to have kids. And mm-hmm. so then there's this kind of like expectation well, you didn't get to have kids and you're like, well, actually I didn't want to have kids, but there's still that loss of your entire family of your entire, you know, system. It's true that the person that you were planning on growing old with is gone. And yeah, women that are alone and or single always in society have gotten a pretty bad rap. Well, obviously, because they're not doing their job in repopulating the planet. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you go back to like the olden days, if you were an unmarried woman in a certain time of history and you didn't have a man, then society looked down upon you. I mean, they looked down upon you anyway. Like there were names like you're an old maid or things like that. And actually, there's something called a Boston marriage, which was two two educated women living together sometimes they were same-sex couples but sometimes they were not so yeah all throughout history you can find um you can find circumstances of unmarried childless women or even just married but childless women yeah were looked down upon and it's hard i mean i've even felt that in the current days where i've been i've never had kids and i've always just kind of been going about my business like working and I was dating and and people would treat me as if I were not whole and complete until an event happened and then I got married and then that wasn't good enough for them then I had to have kids and lots of expectations on women especially single women whether by choice or not yeah interesting yeah it just it also just goes to show that everybody has their own path in life and what they have as hopes and desires and dreams and goals. And we don't really know what yeah. what those are. Unless we like talk about it and and find out more. So I remember early in our texting, like just going back and forth. And I remember saying like, Mel, I'm sorry that you didn't get the chance to have kids. And then I was like, if you wanted them, you know, because I can't assume that you did or didn't. So but just reckon recognizing that that is a loss in and of itself. Yeah. It's a, one of the secondary losses, perhaps. Yeah. A very and I mean, secondary loss. There can be the secondary loss of maybe if you have kids, you wanted more kids. Mm-hmm. That's a secondary loss that also maybe we don't rec- realize or recognize. What if you were married and you had kids and you didn't want them, but you felt pressured to have them and then your person died? This sounds like that. a soap opera. I don't know. That sounds terrible, but I'm sure it happens. Oh, yeah. There are yeah. groups online. I've seen them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Mel, I will just say that I see you as a widow and that your pain and your suffering is valid. Thank you. And I see you, Anita, and your pain and your suffering is valid and complex and hard. And yeah. somehow we still get along. I know. And Mel is just terrified that she's going to have to become the stepmom of my kids one day. If I, well, now for those that don't 
know us very well yet. <laughs> we call <laughs> each other widow wives and it's a big joke. We're yes. not actually together. In a relationship no. Like yeah. Um, it's just a joke. But yeah, I we joke that I'm gonna be her kid's stepmom, or I am the stepmom right now. Yeah. I you know what, Anita, it would be they would have so much fun. <laughs> I'm I only know how to be the fun aunt. Yeah. And that's what it would be. They would this not is, like get any schooling. Yeah, they would this is what food. I this is what I envision happening though, Mel. You would be here for like four days, and somebody would come and find you in the corner, and your blue hair would be all like standing up because you'd be like, "What is happening?" I'd have like Marge Simpson hair. Yes, put her finger in a light socket. Maybe that's what happened to Marge. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you see why when people get married, like a divorce like a divorced guy, um, like in The Sound of Music, remember? The Baroness? She's like, as soon as we get married, Captain Von Trapp, all your kids are going to go off to boarding school. I'll just put your kids in boarding school. It's fine. It's really expensive. I've looked into it. You have life insurance. That's true. Okay. I have enough, though. Okay. Okay. Well, this was fun. Yes. If you have an experience about being a kidless widow or a widow with kids comment below we want to hear from you i'm anita i'm mel we're fake widow wives and we joke about it and we're just trying to figure out widow we do now this is my favorite thing to discuss with you tell me what is it one of my favorite things i do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs this is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks, and so you don't have to pay extra for that, and you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not. Who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.